Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. I am really excited that you guys are here today. As usual, you know I get very excited about these things, especially when we have guests on, and it's just another week of awesome conversation and awesome awesome topic, actually. Um, something that you guys probably wouldn't necessarily think of is how do you use awards and award competitions really to brand yourself as an employer of choice? And we've got Maggie Gallagher, who's the president of the Stevie Awards, on with us today. And returning for her second appearance, soon to be third, is award-winning branding specialist Lauren Clement from the Audacious Agency down in Australia. So, I, you know what? If this is your first time joining, awesome, awesome. Love that you guys are here. Thank you so very much for, for finding it and for hopping on. I can't wait till you get a chance to, to listen to what we've got to offer today. And if you guys are coming back and you're returning listeners, thank you so much. Really, you guys are absolutely fantastic. This show wouldn't be what it is unless you guys were here every week listening time and time again. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm here to help you share with you the what and the how in human resources. Now, I'm in the human business, and that means that a greater number of dynamics exist in the workplace to balance and manage. But most importantly, today we are going to be talking about employment law changes across the nation. I'm going to share with you later in the show where you can access these in two different ways. Ah, something new, right? All right, so... Two different ways. So hang on, I'm going to share with that with you towards the back end of the show because there's some pretty good call-outs today. And again, our main topic is using awards to brand yourself or award competitions to brand yourself as an employer of choice with Maggie Gallagher and Lauren Clement. Um, we do have some upcoming stuff and announcements uh, to share with you. And then also I'm going to teach you how you can get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. And I'm changing it up. So hang on. we got some... Got some new things that are coming down the pike and a new way of sharing with you how you can get best practices as a whole delivered to your inbox. So stay tuned for that. Now, before we go on, folks, the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue that you're dealing with. And if you don't have an employment attorney, go ahead and reach out and contact me, and I might be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. All right, so employment law changes and headlines that are happening in here in the world. Uh, the payroll protection program update has there's some updates that are coming. Now there's another round of information and legislation that is being passed is going through Congress right now, and the has has passed the PPP flexibility bill. So there's going to be some more information that's coming down. It is currently in the hands of the Senate, and we're just waiting to find out what's going on with that. 
Also, the IRS has provided further COVID-19 relief-related information to postpone deadlines for time-saving, uh, time-sensitive actions. So, so if you guys are planning on some things and you got some stuff up, definitely jump over and take a look at that. Also, in California, um, California OSHA has issued guidance on recording and reporting requirements for COVID-related, COVID-19-related cases, and. Uh, the California DFEH has also offered anti-sexual harassment training online as well. Over in New Jersey, uh, Jersey has issued a new posting concerning worker misclassification. Uh, it's because we're all dealing with this coronavirus thing. doesn't mean that everything else has changed as well or it's fallen into the wayside. We still have challenges with things like misclassification and uh, just a wealth of other employee-related challenges. Uh, over in North Carolina, um, North Carolina has deemed that enforceability of non-compete agreements uh, during a pandemic can be enforced. So definitely want to jump into that. There's some other provisions that are around that, so stay tuned on that one if you're in North Carolina. Uh, Rhode Island a court has upheld that reasonable grounds that for drug testing is available even when there is another possible explanation for an employee's behavior. And finally, over in Puerto Rico, two bits of news out of there. Puerto Rican government has actually signed a new civil code, and they have also enacted a law designating COVID-19 as a work-related condition for workers' compensation purposes. Now, you can find these. (laughs) I'm doing something new, and this is for you guys. You can find these call-outs on a special spot on my website. So if you go to the Best Practices and Human Resources website, which is bestpractices.work, and jump over to the podcast page, here's where you actually see you can click on and access this week's callouts that I do. So again, you can jump over to the bestpractices.work website, click on the podcast link, and you can actually read this week's, this episode's call-outs uh, and what we have as far as news and updates. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations Community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. 
If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. one of the few days I you probably will not hear my voice <laughs> in my own podcast, which is kind of amazing. But anyway, I've got two really awesome ladies on and we've been talking about how employers can brand themselves as an employer of choice. And so you guys have we talked you know a while ago back in December. Yeah, we had Lauren back on in December where we talked about how you can brand yourself as an HR professional. And she is back along with Maggie Gallagher, who is the president of the Stevie Awards. And we're going to talk about some experiences and how businesses can actually use awards to help brand themselves as an employer of choice or a player that is moving in the right direction. So thanks, guys, for joining. Awesome. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having me. Cool. You're welcome. So we got Lauren, who's literally down under and just woke up. <laughs> I'll have you know I've been to the gym this morning online and I've you know it's cold here today actually it's winter in Australia we're down to oh I think it's probably gonna hit about 20 degrees Celsius today which is what oh. is that 60 Fahrenheit yeah about that hmm. that's oh cold for us I know it is oh wow yeah that's like temperate here <laughs> and we've got Maggie who is up in the, the northern part of Virginia yeah, so we're not too far. No, we're not too far. And little old me who's down here in uh, the Virginia Beach area. Matter of fact, Lauren, it is the same temperature here today as it is down where you are right now. And I've got the jumper and the heating going. <laughs> <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you guys for joining. I really appreciate it. I think this is going to be an awesome conversation. And I think there's a lot of really great a lot of really great takeaways that are going to happen. So, Maggie, what, let's let's start with you here, real quick. Can can you help us understand first off, so that people get some sort of kind of wrap our brain around this? What exactly are the Stevie Awards? Sure. So, <laughs> the Stevie Awards were created back in two thousand two. We only had one awards competition then, which was the American Business Awards. Since then. Um, We've created seven more. So now we have eight separate competitions that each have their own entry deadline schedule, their own award ceremony. We also started a women's conference a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I met Brenda at the Women Future Conference last year in 2019. Um, and she's the HR expert. So we've been chatting since then. Um, <laughs> and so today we're kind of focusing on the Stevie Awards for Great Employers. Um, these awards in particular focus on HR excellence. Um, we say the awards recognize the world's best um, companies to work for and the HR teams, professionals, achievements, new products and solutions and supplies that help create and drive great places to work. Um, it's one of our newer competitions. It's five years old. Um, and it's just kind of nice to be able to recognize people within your organization that maybe haven't been recognized before, but really deserve it. Um, I think especially as you get older, it's kind of hard to get recognized. You know, when you're young, you're in school, there's academic awards, there's sports, and then 
you grow up and it's like you go to work every day, put in so many hours and it's, it's like sometimes you feel forgotten. So it's kind of a nice opportunity to recognize people, teams, campaigns, achievements, um, and, you know, basically submit a nomination. It can be a video. It can be just a 700 word essay. Um, doesn't take too much time and just brings so much happiness to different organizations every year. So it's great. And I'm glad I got to meet both of you through the Stevie Awards. Oh, well, thank you. And Lauren is also a speaker at the Stevie Awards as well. Lauren, you've been speaking for how long now? Um, I only spoke at the Women's Conference for the first time last year on one of the round table events. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that, which is great. But we've been involved with the Stevie Awards. I think Annette, my business partner at the Audacious Agency, entered the Stevie Awards for the first time back in 2014. Um, and um, both of us have been Stevie Award judges for a number of years. I won my first Stevie Award in 2016. Um, and the Asia Pacific Awards for my business. And um, yeah, we've been talking about the Stevie Awards for many years because we see them way down here in Australia as really the only premier international business awards that you can enter. There's lots of local and regional and national awards here in Australia. We've got the Telstra Awards, which are very um, highly sought after, but there's nothing really international. So the Stevies for us have been extraordinary in terms of linking a country that's way down the bottom of the planet to the rest of the world, which has been great. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> so we've been talking about how businesses can utilize awards to, uh, you know, get that recognition like, Ma like Maggie was talking about. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm a judge too. I've judged the customer service and sales awards. And I also was a judge for the American business awards. I myself have judged over almost 400 different entries. And, wow. um, and so it's, you're, you're yeah. one of our better judges. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's well, amazing. I, thank I, you. I thought I was an overachiever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now Brenda has to beat that goal. That's what it, she's competitive. Isn't she? It'll be like 600 next time. No, that's just the combination of the two. And yes, I will happily admit that there was one evening where Jack Daniels was involved. So <laughs> uh, I may have been a little extra lenient that night, but um, but it's really neat. I mean, I, I love, from a judge's perspective, I love reading about the different things that people are doing. I mean, mm -hmm. just if, if there was nothing else, it's really awesome to just see what other companies, the effort that they're putting through. And um you know, trying to get recognition in HR, there really isn't anything across the board that does that. And so, <clears throat> Lauren, I'm going to throw this one over to you. If a company is looking at getting to submit, an, you know, their organization's name or an employee's name or a project or whatever, training or whatever, um, I know the answer to this, but I'd really love to have you share with everybody. What would you say is one of the top, one or two, maybe three key takeaways in putting together a submission for an awards competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I answer that, I just want to back up what Maggie's saying about the, the real interesting part about, especially these awards, the, the great, on, great Employer Awards, is recognizing people in the workplace, which I just don't think happens often enough. And you're from the HR background, Brenda, you'd probably agree with me that, as Maggie said, often it's day in, day out, you go in, you do your job, you get paid for that, and that's it. 
Um, so adding awards to any business is awesome, but specifically in the corporate space, I think it's so good in terms of business culture and your brand culture and setting yourself out as being quite different from other people in the industry. And also um, loyalty and productivity from your staff. Um, just a huge amount that you can add from that. But from an entry point of view, you're right, being a judge gives you this like extra superpower that you can now see what goes on in the back end of awards, which yeah. is great. Um, I think definitely number one is choose the right category. Um, how many categories, Maggie, in the upcoming Great Entrepreneurs Awards, uh, Great Employers Awards? It's one of our smaller competitions, but it, we still have a ton of categories. I think it's around 200. Yeah, madness, 200 categories. So, yeah, so um, not many, of course, none, hardly any. So, um, yeah, very yeah, specific. Easy. Just, you know, so definitely choose the right category. I mean, um, choose a category that makes sense to your business, your brand, your message, your purpose, but also the person, if you're entering that and you're nominating someone to say, hey, I think we should enter this person or whatever it is, choose the category that's going to make the most sense to that person, whether at in their journey and their career, um, what they have actually been doing, if they've been innovative or if they've been, you know really a part of a team whatever it is really think about what category is going to suit them best to enter um, and then when you are entering them make sure you tell a story it, it, when a judge is reading this it's not just about reading dot points and this person started on this date and they achieved x amount of sales or whatever it was yes the facts are important but we need to read more about this person um, you know, what was their background? What were the challenges that they faced? How did they overcome them? Where do you see them going in the future? There's a real opportunity in awards to share far more than just the, the dot points um, and really talk about the journey that this person has gone on and what their future is looking like. And it's a great way to really reinforce and endorse what you're doing as a brand in terms of your employees and what they're doing in the business. And secondly is... I know the Stevie's write this all the time, and it's awesome because I love talking about it, um, is it's not compulsory that you put supporting documentation on there, but according to judges, it actually is compulsory. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we really like to see, if, you've, if you mention in your entry that this particular employee has done something, then put it in an attachment. You know, if there's a, a certification that they've got or photographs or testimonials or something else that you can provide as an as a um, supporting documentation, put it into one PDF. So it's really easy for the awards judge to read the entry and then click on one document. And you can put links in there to videos and all sorts of things. Um, a lot of the entries these days, which is great, the Stevies are enabling people to upload videos as an entry. Um, you know, make sure that when you're doing that, it's professional, there's great lighting, there's great sound, all those sorts of things. It's, I would say, and I don't know whether Maggie and Brendy would agree with me on this, but I would say, in some cases, up to 50% of your award win is based on how you've presented yourself in the entry. It's not about what you've done. That's only 50% of it is actually what you're being awarded for. I would say up to 50% is based on how well you present yourself in your entry. Maggie, what did you say about that? Would you agree with that number? Yeah, I agree. Um... I spend a lot of time with our judging coordinator, so they read all the comments and get all the feedback from judges. And, you know, they're like, this is a business awards competition. We want to see proper grammar, creativity. Yeah. Uh, we want to be interested, not just like a bunch of bullet points. So I agree. You have to have the accomplishment, but then writing the actual entry or filming the video is, uh, you know, it's a learning experience. You kind of have to dive deep into the past year or whenever 
the project was you're nominating or the person um, and then put a lot of effort into the writing or, or editing. One of the things that I saw when I judged the um, customer service awards and there's a few entries for uh, some CEOs and you know high level leaders that I, I felt that they really missed was I mean, there, there's some pretty impressive individuals out in this world and, you know, they've come from nothing. I mean, like Slumdog Millionaire, nothing, right? They, you know, walked 17 miles to school barefoot in the snow uphill, right? And, and back. And, and it's, you know, those kinds of like real true hardcore stories. And, and they spend so much time talking about that person's history, which is phenomenal, but they never get to what have they actually done? Like, what's the impact that they've made, right? And I think that's the big miss. And um, yeah, I'd throw that one out there. I think that's the big thing. You're, if, you're gonna, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna go for an awards competition, just from the viewpoint of the judge, I wanna know what you did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when I worked at um, AXA, which is a big international financial corporation as their brand manager, um, I was given the task of running the sponsorship that year for the International Rugby Sevens. And I was given, I think, a quarter of the previous two years' budgets. So I had less than half the same budgets for the previous two years to run this thing. And I ended up creating 15% more brand awareness with a quarter of the budget. So it was nice. I got a little bonus. I got a nice little pat on the back, things like that. But it, but. Even telling that story, what I want to know from a judge's point of view is that's great. You've managed to do this. How did you do it? Right. So, you know, what were the actual unique or innovative ways that this person or this team approached the project or approached what they were tasked with that has they've either pulled, like you say, Brenda, they've pulled on their history or their expertise, their experience that they brought to the table. Or they've worked really well together and seamlessly as a team or they've added an innovative way of thinking or a new software or what was it that they did that enabled them to get this result. So we need to see the whole picture. We certainly don't need to know, you know, what color of underwear they were wearing on the 14th of January at 5 a.m. <laughs> we need to know, you know, we need to know what each member of the team brought to it and what the story was around why that project was successful. Exactly. And that's why we um, limit the nominations to be, we say only described from the past year and a half. We don't need to know what happened 20 years ago. We want to know what you did last year. Right. Maggie, what would you say has been some, one of the most, a couple of like memorable call-outs from employers who have done some pretty amazing things? Not necessarily in this competition, but just overall that will always kind of stand out to you. Well, a lot of the, I guess one thing that's, I think a little bit unique to the Stevie Awards is that we are not just for big organizations. We're not just for for-profit organizations. We accept nominations from nonprofits, small organizations. Um, they have just as much of a chance of winning as the big companies. So I think, especially from the Stevie Awards for Women in Business, you see a lot of amazing women-run businesses, um, women veterans that created their business after coming home from war. Um, and then it's also so cool to see big companies like Chipotle and Crocs win. So it's kind of the combination of, you know, all of these businesses are succeeding in their own way. And it kind of gives me as a younger person inspiration, like, oh, you know, what can I do? And how can I learn from these people? Like, whether it be PR campaigns or what their executives doing. 
Yeah. So, I, so out of the American Business Awards recently, I had I received um, honors for two. I got the bronze in best podcast. This show got the bronze in uh, best podcast, business podcast, and then I got achievement in human resources. And I want to I want to tag what you're saying because when I went back and I actually looked at who I was, who in the top three, you know, we were contending with. So on the best business podcast, it was this show got the bronze, and then there's silver and gold. Silver went to um, BHO, their financial, which is a huge, huge mm-hmm. national financial, you know, financier, and then Intel. So it was Intel, BHO, and then little old me, right <laughs> yeah, so. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Some of my friends, they're like, so who won first and second? Mm-hmm. I told them, and we'd have to, I, it's been about 30 seconds bleeping out everything that they just said, but just know it was a pretty insane <laughs> Yeah, you're like, that's some great then, competition. Right, exactly. And then, you know, over in the, you know, achievement in HR, you know, there was no silver. So it was me and a couple of other people. One was a smaller organization up in DC and then me, and then, and there was somebody else that I don't know who they are, but, and then there was Cisco who won gold. <laughs> God, you know, I'm competing against these multi gazillion dollar companies and mm-hmm. there's just little me right in there. Yeah. So, you know, but you know that goes but that's what it is it's about accomplishment it's about you know making sense of what it is that you're doing so from an individual level i can i can certainly say i mean it's a great feeling and lauren can say the same thing um just to have that recognition um but it is i mean it definitely puts you in a unique category yeah so brenda i would ask the question how does that now make you feel about what you're doing for your for your role as your career and what you're, you've chosen to do how does it now make you feel about that Oh, damn good. (laughs) (laughs) So can you imagine, can you imagine what that does to the people who work for you in your business or for your, your team or your staff or, you know, and the the self-confidence and the positivity all very well to, you know, pay them bonuses and and things if they deliver on time, that's fantastic. But recognition is going to be a massive factor in terms of um, good mental health in the workplace and all those sorts of elements that people need to be thinking about. You know what it re- I'll be honest, you know what it really did for me? Like huge. You have this wonderful thing. I call it your Geppetto, right? That or your Jimmy Cricket, excuse me, that little thing that sits on your shoulder and goes wah, 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 and you're like, you can't do this. What do you think you're doing? Your term for it is the Itty Bitty Shitty Committee. Yeah. There you go. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all of that, it's all of that limiting self-belief that you have. But you because you know, when I I've only been doing this a year and a half at best. But I mean, oh, as far as branching out on my own. Yeah, thank wow. you. Yeah, so, I feel so, like you've been doing it forever. I feel like I've been doing <laughs> it forever. But then, then, you know, it's like I look back and it's just like, man, I feel like I'm just starting still. And, you know, and I went through that whole process, you know. You know, I've, I've been in the consulting seat. I've been in the HR seat for a long time. Get that. But, you know, just going out on my own and doing what I'm doing here and doing the show, 18 months and I'm still a proprietor, right? So taking all of that, you really, when you don't get that feedback from your listeners or your audience and, you know, you're dealing with small businesses that can only afford to work with you for a very short period of time, it's very, the, the, the amount of collective information that you get is marginal if that you get any at all for a while. So starting out, that's what makes it really challenging. You really don't know if you're hitting the bullseye. Then this happens and you get an award or you do something and you know what? It's like, well, <laughs> it's 
X number of judges think I'm doing a good job. So we can put that little conversation aside because it, it did make a difference, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It, it does tend to validate all the stuff that you do when you don't get that on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I, um, when I worked at Saatchi and Saatchi in Wellington, they had a creative lounge. If you go back to the Mad Men series, you know, they always had a lounge where the creatives hang out and normally smoked a bit of pot and got quite drunk. But no, the creative <laughs> lounge was more a place to go to to come up with like a different change in your location, yeah? Rather than sitting behind your desk, go somewhere else and come up with yeah. some ideas. Had a great big couch and an awesome uh, power and laid table. Just beautiful little lounge. Mm. But all around the walls were all the certificates and the trophies and the Clio awards and the golden pencils and all these. And they even had a big rubbish bin in the corner and it was chocker. It was absolutely full of awards. They had these big spikes coming out of the wall that they were just putting the certificates on you know because they were winning so many awards so at the time I always used to go in there and have meetings and I used to think you know um it's it was great it was awesome it was um, awesome to see um the fact that this was you know part of the celebration for the agency but the issue was I just saw awards as being a bit of an ego trip as being a you know a big you know, big deal for the agency, but what did it really mean? Because all I saw was the fact that they were just hidden away in this room. So I think mm. the the bigger thing, Brenda, is what do people do to leverage awards? Or great to enter and win, but what on earth are they? That, it's not just for you know putting on a shelf and, and gathering dust. What are you doing to leverage them? I can say for me, so I've got about four companies that uh, contract me to do a wide variety of webinars. And now on my bio, <clears throat> it is award-winning HR professional. And you just mm. keep it very simple. And, and that builds up a lot of credibility. And, and actually, when you go into the ad that I, that when I have to submit, you know, the full information, Lauren, I know you know what this looks like. You, you submit for the full information so that as people are going to these websites to see what kind of courses there are, when they see award-winning HR professional or you know, working for an award-winning organization or something like that. Anything where you can, you can demonstrate that, look, I, it, it's not, because back in the day when I first started, it was everybody got their certification. It's like, you know, that was like the big thing. You got your personal HR certificate, your PHR. It was like, woo, right? And then apparently when you got your SPHR, apparently you were woo-woo. And if you only stopped at your PHR, apparently you didn't know crap. So it was really interesting 20 years ago. But so that now everybody has their credentials and their certification. So, you know, the woo is gone on that one. But now it's about, this is unique. I mean, it's unique. It's very few HR pros or people in organizations can say, I'm an award-winning employee or we are an award-winning organization for this, that, and the other thing. That's a, that is a rare commodity right now. And if you, if you, in my opinion, if you are a very strong values-based organization and values are part of your, of your, uh, of your, you know, your culture and how you, how you market those values to your people internally, these awards, people, it gives them a sense of purpose too. You know, it gives them something to shoot for. I mean, look at, you know, Fortune Top 100, the award. I've been part of submitting that packet for like two years in a row when I was with 
you know, one of the Fortune 500 companies work at. And it made people feel like, holy cow, we really do do this. And then we get it and we win and it, you get excited and we celebrate it, right? So it does, it makes, it, it validates a lot more than just the person, the people, what you did. It sometimes gives people a purpose and that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite funny, actually. We've always talked about the Stevie Awards as being the Oscars of business. You know, it's been our, our way of terminating, for someone to really quickly explain, what are the Stevie They're the Oscars of business, basically. And I think it is that red carpet moment that, that makes you realise all the hard work that you're putting into something is worth it and it's valuable and you're being recognised. Yes, the fact that you've had to go back through the year previously and the project and, and what you've achieved. And because so often as human beings, we don't focus on anything other than right now or what needs to be done. And we forget about what we've achieved. We don't look back very often at those things. But I wonder Maggie, whether you've seen anyone really leverage the awards particularly well. Cause when you talk about the Oscars of business, it was, you know, lots of people say, well, what if I don't get a gold or what if I don't win? I just get, you know, I just, I, how do I leverage that? And my answer is always, well, do you, when the Oscars are read out, do you go and see just the Oscar winning film or do you also go and see the Oscar nominated movies? Do you also see people lining up outside the, you know, the, the theater to go and see them? So there's always a way of leveraging, no matter whether you've won the award or just been nominated or just been entered. So I just was interested, Maggie, as to what ones you'd really seen that people are using really well. Yeah, and uh, back to your other point a little bit, like so many companies enter our programs year after year. Um, like Lauren, you've been to the ceremonies with your core group of women and have a blast. And personally, I love seeing, especially individuals going up on stage and accepting their awards. Like it makes them feel so special and just being able to have that moment, like, oh, we're going to apply for the Stevie Awards this year. Um, you know, who is putting in what work, what campaigns do we do? Uh, so it's nice to see companies really valuing it every single year. It's not like, a, oh, we won this in 2018. That's good enough. Like, no, they're, they're always working towards <laughs> bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, and as far as leveraging awards, um, you know, we were talking about Fortune 500. A lot of times bigger companies, they're like, you know, yes, it's nice to win a Stevie Award. We're going to put the logo on our website. And that's kind of it. And that's totally fine. But for small to medium-sized organizations, we find that they really leverage the awards. Um, they contact local press, uh, you know, social media blasts, podcasts. Um, I feel like they really reap the benefits because they're putting in the effort and the, the outreach. Um, you know, you're not going to become famous from winning a Stevie Award by itself, but it's the extra mile you put in to share your award that makes you really stand out. Yeah, I would agree. Matter of fact, I uh, I wrote one, but we wrote up one PR statement, uh, press release for the Speakers Bureau that I'm contracted with, and they sent that out. They did it. They used the same thing as a media post. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, that was kind of neat. And it's just you know, it definitely has generated some interest, um, you know, about the possibility of you know giving me some more bookings and whatnot, which is which is wonderful. And you know, from a business standpoint. That's great. But it also, again, you know, that particular Speakers Bureau, um, they're really great. And there are a lot of, <laughs> they are like two Navy SEALs. I know both of them really well. Um, we've got, you know, I think we got like an Army Ranger now. We've got 
Tim Brown, who was the fireman that was, uh, when the buildings collapsed, when one of the towers collapsed, he uh, and a group of people were stuck in a pocket and they made it out. Um, we got Jason, Jason Shetterly, who was uh, severely burned, you know, in the line of duty. And all these people talk about, you know, resiliency. And then, and then there's me on HR, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, how does that differentiate? But that's the thing. It's like, that's, that's how you can, going back to what you're talking about, like how you can leverage awards is you, you differentiate yourself. You differentiate your business. You, that's, that's one of the key things that you need to have a very strong business proposal, either uh, or proposition either to your client or even to the people that you want to attract to come work for your organization. How are you yeah, differentiating absolutely. yourself? Yeah, it's like that little Intel Inside logo, isn't it? It's that little bit extra. And if you're competing in a proposal situation or you're tendering for something, you know, that ability to say, well, we've actually won awards for what we do. Um, it's like that, that third-party endorsement, which is fantastic for your credibility. It's, fan it's just the greatest way to do it. And if I had three more points, I would have beat Intel, but that's okay. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> and, uh, Next time, enter again. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a side note for that is a lot of times we'll get emails and calls from people being like, these people claim they're a Stevie winner, but I can't find them on your website or anything. Oh. So I feel like that says something people are pretending to be Stevie winners because wow. they know it's valuable, but they have not entered. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. that's, yeah, that's, um, what is it? What's that terminology about being best form of flattery when somebody's copying you? Yeah. That's fantastic. I love yeah. that endorsement. Yeah. yeah bad bad for them. Yeah. Bad for them. But um, no, awesome. That's great that the Stevies are seen with such high esteem. Yeah, well, here's that, you know, that generates a question here. So what happens if you, so, cause I know when, when a company submits an award, um, I mean, you, it, you know, there's like a lack of a better word, like an attestation, we call it that, you know, like when somebody fills out an employment application, yes, the information is you're on the best piece of truth in my knowledge and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's got to be some sort of validity check or, some, or something to keep something in track because otherwise somebody could just be a really great, you know, novel artist and, and pop something in and, and get an award that they really are entitled to earn. Have you guys ever run into something like that where you yeah. discovered that the entry may have been fraudulent or something like that? Yes, and we disqualify them right away. It happens wow, a, it happens a, a couple times a year, not too much, luckily, but yes, it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like the way of the world, but we just tell our judges to check everything the best they can because people can lie. But, yeah. you know, I think 99.9% .9 of our entrants are truthful, so... Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. 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 So Maggie, what are some of the, what are some of the categories in uh, great employers in that competition that you feel would be great for HR professionals uh, to recognize other individuals or um, businesses to get themselves on the map? And like I said, get that moment of differentiation um, if they're working to attract the right kind of talent. As I mentioned earlier, there are almost <laughs> 200 categories. And we do that because we want there to be categories specifically for right. you and your organization. And also, if you ever have a category suggestion, just email us. We're 
we'll probably add it. We try to make it very broad. Um, but we have categories for almost everything and HR, recruiting, onboarding, solutions, new products. Um, and we got like training and training. Yeah. Every, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just introduced um, COVID-19 response awards. Um, those have no entry fees, no late fees. Um, we're accepting nominations through July 22nd. Um, some of those categories, most valuable employer during COVID-19, most valuable HR team, HR professional, most innovative work from home plan. And I'm kind of excited to read those because I feel like we're all <laughs> trying to shift to work from homes here still in the States. I know other countries are a little bit more back to normal, but, um, and then most innovative workplace redesign and most innovative use of HR technology during COVID-19. Yeah. See, those are some really good ones right there. Those last three, I may wind up judging this one just to, just to yeah, read just all to the see. entries for that. I know that would be really juicy. That would and be we, really, really good. We also post most of our gold-winning nominations on our website, so if anyone's just interested in reading all of these nominations, they're very interesting and very valuable. Um, we also try to share a lot of the interesting ones on our social media page for just people who are interested. You know, something, um, something that I've taken advantage of, <clears throat> and I'm very, I may want to getting into trouble for this one, but I'm going to risk it. Um, actually, <laughs> I have so in, during the judging process after I've judged uh, like an individual who I think has done something pretty impressive I'll actually go on the LinkedIn and and connect with them after I submit it and yeah, that's, uh, so that's fair game Wade yeah. one way or <laughs> but then I'll introduce myself and I've made some pretty amazing connections and you know some people are actually saying you know we should try and figure out how to do something together or you know what is it that we can do to help one another and a couple of them have been like, hey, you know, I might be able to use your help because I'm looking to, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I think there's a lot of different things that you can do. Lauren, do you know anything else that you can think of on how people can leverage awards uh, as an as a employer or even as a business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Maggie gave a really awesome piece of gold just then that, that maybe people might have missed was going in and reading the contents from the gold winners. If you seriously want to not just enter, but you're quite competitive and you want to win a gold um, and improve your chances, go and see what gold winners previously submitted. There's nothing better than doing a bit of, you know, this is almost like being able to see the, 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 the cool kid in the class, the nerdy kid in the class's homework. You know, go and check out what their, their submission was and see why they won the gold and it'll give you so many pointers which is just fantastic so so there's plenty there to help you do really really well um in terms of leveraging definitely connection brenda i think um when we can all get together again and um i can't wait till we can do that and all meet up properly in real life um the connection that happens especially um the women in future conference that happens around the women in business awards but i think you've got to think about awards as part of your marketing budget this is what awards really are. Um, it's like placing an advertisement. You've got to think about the investment you put into it in terms of time and money to enter the awards. But you've also got to put aside exactly the same amount 
um, to, to leverage it. It's what I was always taught with sponsorship. Whatever you pay for sponsoring something, you've got to then have that exact same budget for leveraging the sponsorships. It's the same with awards. So thinking about what you can do in terms of, yes, entering the awards, but how are you going to reflect that with your employees and the teams that you've got that you've, you've entered in that? Um, how do you leverage that in terms of company PR? Um, getting that message around the different departments, who's been um, awarded, who's nominated, who's a finalist, taking the rest of the business on the journey with you to celebrate the success of your teams or your people or your business. And then after that, how do you make sure, as Maggie said, talking to industry publications, your website, your blogs, um, your journaling, the um, new internal and external newsletters that go out, um, gifting people who have won the awards the ability to go and collect their award and travel and, and connect and meet with people. And then, yes, getting onto LinkedIn and going, who are the other finalists that are in the, sending them just a little congratulations message. Hey, congratulations. I noticed you're a finalist the same as me. You know, cross fingers. It's been great to connect with you. So, yeah, getting in touch with people and that bond that you have as part of the whole awards process. Mm -hmm. um, and then becoming a judge is another way of leveraging it, which is great. And the, the extraordinary experience to get to see what's going on around the world. I know I'm a judge at the moment for the Asia Pacific Awards. So, yes, I'm in the middle of getting in there and every night doing a few more. Um, so, yeah, being part of that and then adding that to your credentials as well is fantastic. But then... I always say to people, you know, there are people out there who are on the speaker's circuit and they won an Olympic or a, in our case, Commonwealth medals, Commonwealth Games medals in, you know, 2002 or whatever it was, or, or 1985, they won an Olympic and they're still out there on the speaking circuit. Yeah. You know, there's one of the guys and you guys won't know him. His name is um, Bradbury. I cannot remember his first name. He's an Aussie and he won in a ice skating event, which is not a very Australian sport at all. He basically won a gold because everybody else fell over. Right. And nice. he is still out there on the speaking circuit telling his story of winning this gold medal. So to me, it's everyone talks about doing a Bradbury, right, which is winning an award because everybody else failed. Um, so anyway, so it's an awesome story. And he's still out there talking about it. And he gets on stage and he's paid to do so and so on. So there's always ways of poking fun at yourself as well as, you know, having a bit of humanity around what you're doing, but leveraging every single part of what you're doing. It doesn't matter the fact that it was somebody else in your team that, that won that award. Celebrate with them because you can go along with the ride, which is really cool. Yeah, getting media, social media, connecting with people, there's so much. We've got like a checklist and we give our um, people we help with awards, we give them a, a little workbook afterwards and it's got a checklist in there of what you can actually do to um, leverage your award. And I think there's like 50 on there, things that you can be doing um, to, to leverage the fact that you're now an award-winning business or you've won an award with your industry. So, so yeah, it's really important to think about your brand, your business brand, where you want your brand to be known and seen and how you want your workplace to be respected, the sorts of people you want to work with you, to collaborate with you, you know, how you want to attract and retain your staff. All of that matches up with how you're promoting your business as an award winner. So let me ask you guys both something. So we've been talking a lot about what to do, how to do. What we haven't done is talked about what not to do. <laughs> and with the exception of lying, that, that was right there at the top. That was the, probably the biggest no-no. But be, between you guys, I mean, Maggie, you've been involved with this. You know, this is a, your dad started this, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yep. He started it back in 2002. I was like, I think 10, and I saw a baby named book on the 
at the table and I was like, oh no, I'm getting another sibling, but he was trying to name the company. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a happy surprise for me. (laughs) Yeah, this is a sibling that doesn't argue back. This is your brother that won't argue back. (laughs) What would you say are some of the things that if, if, if a listener is looking at submitting this, to help build their recognition to brand themselves as an employer of choice or whatever their desire is to attract that talent or, or, you know, recognize their employees. What are some of the things that you guys recommend from a judging perspective? Don't do that. I think one of the biggest things I see is, is a real failing is people who don't put enough effort into the entry. Um, they think this is awesome. I'm going to pay this money or whatever it is. I'm going to go for this category and I'm just going to copy and paste the latest press release that we've created to promote that particular part of our business. And I'm going to stick that up there. And it really, it really doesn't help that it shows that you haven't put any effort in to the entry itself. You've put no supporting documentation on there. You might've said all sorts of awesome things that are happening, but there's no evidence. There's no proof that actually you've got any, you know, founding um, support with what's going on. Um, The other one is um, choosing the wrong category. And it becomes really obvious that somebody has just tried to go, go for an award rather than really think about how this fits with what the team's actually done or what this person is actually trying to achieve or what you've done as a business. Um, and it, it, to me, it, the, the, there is a response. The nicest thing with the Stevies is it's all online for the judges. So I can just go in there and say, I think they've entered the wrong category. Bash, gone. I haven't even given you any marks. I've just said you're in the wrong category. And then it's up to the Stevies to then go, okay, which category should this be in? So um, I think there's a real focus on, um, I just want to win an award rather than focusing on the, pro- the value of going through the process and, and actually digging up and going back through what you have achieved, putting it down, explaining it as a story, backing it up with facts. And if you skip all those processes, I just think it doesn't help. Um, it doesn't reflect well on your brand or your business anyway, but um, certainly doesn't help with your award entry. Yeah. Maggie, what are some of the things that you've seen in, in your time that, are, yeah. that you would advise not doing? Um, Lauren covered a great chunk of them but something else I would say is um, if companies want to enter a few different awards categories we encourage them we have so many different judges on different panels we're like you know it doesn't matter we have so many judges they're not gonna be reading the same thing over and over Um, so we kind of encourage them to take one nomination and feel free to repurpose it and use it for a few categories but a lot of times they'll kind of just plug and paste the same nomination into different categories where maybe it doesn't make sense like it's more cut more catered to the overall company category instead of for a team um so i would say even though it's convenient make sure to make those tailored changes for every category um so that the judges are very impressed um and also just grammar judges are sticklers for good writing (laughs) (laughs) I know one of the things that I've seen that, and I've seen this more so with international submissions, so I won't name the company, that's the one that I've seen it the most, but this particular organization had an office out of South Africa, and although their achievements are awesome, their supporting data doesn't mean anything to me. So they're sending screenshots of their analytics, but there's no context to explain mm, what that is. They didn't is. tie it back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, whatever your supporting documentation is, it has to complement the narrative 
because the, the supporting documentation is the extension of the narrative. That's what you're allowed to use to get into the weeds. The narr you know, the, the uh, actual, you know, if it's 650 words or whatever it is, it's, it, that's only, that's just like a summary. I mean, it's just a very skinny summary of something mm -hmm. that we probably spend a lot of time, you know, writing more about. And I'll tell you what, when you write 650 words trying to describe what it is you do, you, you learn how to shorten really yep. quick. Yep, it's not, <laughs> not a lot of words. No, it's not. But that's what the supporting documentation permits is the illustration of it. Yeah, so definitely tie back your attachments. Yeah. Don't just throw random impressive yeah. charts Lauren on did there. Mine. She was really great. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren did a good job with one of mine. It was awesome. But Well, do you guys have any other, this has been awesome. I think this is really great for helpful information. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to, you know, add before we start winding it down? Um, I think one of the biggest barriers that I come across with people when we talk about the awards, and it's funny, after I finish this conversation with you fabulous ladies, um, I've got a day <laughs> full of conversations with women who are looking at entering the Women in Business Awards, and they're all booking me in at the moment to go, which category should I go for? And Which is awesome. It's a very busy time for us to be helping people do that. Um, but the major barrier that I find all the time is people say, oh, I haven't done enough. I'm not good enough. I, surely I, I, I couldn't win an award. And I think um, especially in, in business, and it was what we started off right at the beginning was it's that day-to-day, -day, look, we've got all these other things happening. We've had COVID. We've had all this stuff happening. You know, maybe we should be focusing on the future. Why are we going back through the past and trying to drag out what everybody's done? And when, is it the right time for awards? Does anybody even care? And we just haven't done enough. And I think it's probably worth readjusting your attitude towards awards um, and really thinking about making sure that the awards are part of your publicity, marketing, PR, promotion, you know, and your mental health and well-being of your staff and you know your your chance to really help a few people in your business shine improve productivity the culture of your business add all of that in to the reason why you would look at entering awards and look at it as a benefit for your business to stand out and, as, and be something quite different from what's going on around in the in the environment and especially now Maggie when you've got those extra categories for COVID-19 that are there mm -hmm. yep Brand new, no entry fees, nothing. So yeah, we're excited to see what comes in for those because it's been a crazy few months. Yeah, and, I, and, there's, yeah. Been, and there's, there's been some people really championing, haven't they? Championing change. Oh, yes. know Brenda, Brenda's been incredibly busy with, you know, just trying to disseminate the massive amount of information and constantly changing goalposts and, and how you deal with that. Um, and helping especially um, some of the newbies in HR, you know, to understand the processes a bit more around, you know, how do you, yes, they might make this legislation, but how does it physically actually manifest right. into everyday your working environment? So there's been some incredible people sort of stand up and go, do you know what I'm going to lead? And, um, and they need to be, you know, recognized for what they've done. Yeah, and some of those big tech companies saying, you know, you can work from home forever now. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of changes and I'm excited to see what companies are recognized for it this year. Yeah, and it'll be neat. It'll be neat to see what comes out of this one. This is a good. I saw a meme the other day on uh, Facebook, and it was a scene from um, 
uh, the movie Back to the Future, where it had uh, Doc in the front and he was showing Marty McFly the inside of the DeLorean. And then James wrote, whatever you do, do not set it to 2020. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely in the midst of it all. So, well, ladies, thank you so much for joining. This is really great. Any, any other last little tidbits? I mean, Lauren, actually, if people want to learn about, I want to make sure that I do this one. I'm sorry, Maggie, if you were going to say something, I may have just totally stepped on no, you. No, go ahead. But um, Lauren actually has some really great information on the Audacious Agency website that you guys can take advantage and at least become familiar with. And then Maggie, I'll let you do the same thing over on the CV. So Lauren, please tell people what you have to offer for them if they want to pursue an award. Yeah, absolutely. The audaciousagency.com is the website and on there you'll have a whole page about awards and Annette and I actually did a number of webinars over the last um, year just giving you tidbits on how to enter, which categories to go for, how to leverage them and so on. And they're completely free. We've got the recordings on there. I'm actually in the middle of editing those down because they're like an hour long. I'm going to take them down into little chunks to make it easy for people, but they're going to be completely free. You can access those and learn what you can. The next step up is we actually have a program called the um, Award-Winning Accelerator, and it's an online step-by-step -step Annette and I taking you through how to enter, win, and leverage awards, specifically focusing on the Stevies, and that's like 197 Australian dollars, which is about a dime in the States at the moment um, <laughs> to get hold of those. Um, and then the third thing we do is if you're sort of at a point where you're going, this sounds great, but I just don't seriously have the time. Um, we actually have packages where we can do it with you and we do an interview. Um, this is sort of the work that we've done with Brenda and lots of other people in business. Um, I think we've helped be part of about 150 um, Stevie awards in the last two mm. years. So um, wow. it's been quite extraordinary. Um, and so we, yeah, we can actually guide you through and, and go through which category with you help you and actually write your entry, put together your supporting documentation, upload it into the website so that it's all done and dusted. Um, and that's a service that we offer. And there's a couple of different levels in there, depending on how many categories you want to go for. So, so yeah, lots of help on there, but lots of free stuff too. If you just want to go and find out a little bit more about it, what it takes, then go and watch some of those videos that are there. That's awesome. And then Maggie, if somebody is interested in learning more about the well, great employers, but any of the other competitions that you guys offer, how do you recommend people find that information? Everyone can go to stevieawards.com slash HR to visit our Stevie Awards for Great Employers homepage. Um, from there, you'll find the entry kit, and that just gives you the general gist of all of the awards categories, deadlines, uh, everything like that. Um, you can make an account right there, and it shows you how many words you need to fill out for your application and everything. Um, and I also wanted to say that I agree with what Lauren was sharing that sometimes people think, you know, my achievements are too small. I haven't been in business that long, but I want to say that you can't win if you don't enter, you know, okay. if you've been working hard, if you've seen some success, why not be recognized this year? Her, uh, her partner Annette, always says when she talks about anything public relations, business is not the environment to be quieted. No, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She says that there's no room in business for modesty. So get over yourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she also, yep. also 
She's also a stand-up comedian, so she does it with far more flair than I do. So, yeah. no, absolutely. I, I would agree. That, you know, now is the time to shine. If, if there was ever a time that you need to relaunch into business and start really sharing your successes and patting a few people on the back for what they're doing and how you've achieved through these challenging times in the last 18 months, then, well, it's certainly looking at, you know, what we're going to be doing going forward. We're talking about a brave new world, you know. It's all going to be mm-hmm. different, you know, and so it's now's the time to really look at how you can use awards to, to really leverage your brand in the marketplace as well yeah oh this has been great thank you so very much for coming on both of you this has been awesome a little international exchange of ideas yeah thanks Brenda working with HR people and those who are, you know, HR department of one, um, really dealing with three things. They don't have enough time to do everything that they want to do. They simply don't know what to do in order to stay compliant because they may not have had enough time in the seat. And they also haven't had enough support from their company or their leaders in order to get their HR agenda met. Now, there's a couple of things that you can do, and we've been, we've been working on this. We've got some solutions for you guys. So if you're interested, you are welcome to jump over to these resources and take advantage of this stuff because uh, it's, it's good, and we're starting to see some really great results. So if you are faced with not having enough time to do everything that you want to do, you guys can download the free HR Task Planner for Crazy Busy HR Pros. <laughs> Now, I've been using this thing for a long time. It's, it's actually adopted from something that I put together a long time ago. I've been using this tool for years in order to really get and schedule in what needs to be done around all the meetings. And it's, it, it helps me out a lot. And it takes time management out of the equation. And it actually helps you guys manage the workload. You can find this over at the bestpractices.org website where you can get the downloadable link. And there's also, once you download it, there's a free tutorial that you can follow too. There's a great video that actually demonstrates um, how it's being used. Now, if you simply just don't know what to do in HR because you're new, you got thrown into this job or, you know, you're starting off and and you're just kind of nervous that you're missing like the important things. Well, I've got something for you that's going to help out. And we've got quite a few people that have already downloaded it, just rolled it out this past week. It is called the best HR planner on the planet. And it lists all of the basic employment laws companies have to follow that is in accordance to the size of your workforce. It provides a schedule of compliance deadlines. It also has a 12-month monthly calendar that you can mark. You can go ahead and uh, mark up important dates. You can build, figure out how to build your HR strategy. And at the end of it, it's got a year-end checklist as well as a section of active links so that you can get that real-time information on all of the different employment laws that this book covers. Now, we're also hosting a free webinar in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group on how to use this tool as well as how to go ahead and plan for a very strategic Q3 quarter. Okay, these are strategic planning sessions. They are free as well. You guys are welcome to join us at the, in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. Make sure that you answer the questions when you try and join the group because if you don't, you're going to wind up getting a message and we we want to make sure that 
this group really is focused and dedicated to those who are interested in working in HR or are working in HR. Matter of fact, we rejected somebody the other day who came from another country, but he was not in HR. He was a developer. So we said, well, you know, good luck. Um, this isn't the group for you and not really quite sure what he was interested in. But, you know, but but we do put those limits there because we want to make sure that Again, this is a really strong community of HR pros. So you can find the planner. Now, I've talked about two, so let me make this very clear. So the HR task planner for crazy busy HR pros, if you go to the bestpractices.org website on the home page, you can go ahead and click the link and download that. Now, if you wanted to pick up a copy of the best HR planner on the planet, you go in the bestpractices.org website, click on the shop link, and you'll be able to go ahead and download it as well. You can download the digital company online, and then if you want, you can go ahead and bind it and actually make it a book. You can throw it in like a spiral binder or three-ring binder. You can put three staples in it and make your own spine if you want. But if you make it for, and, and I use mine as a book, and it gives you the opportunity, if you're like me, to go ahead and write in it, highlight it. I make annotated notes in the margins and whatnot. Um, and there's also a notes section in the well uh, towards the back of it as well. So that way, you know, as you're as you're scrolling through things or if you just like have to do a mental jot down of something or you want to make sure that, you know, you recall something very specific about what you run into from some of those actionable links, then you've got that information right there. Now, finally, not being able to get enough support from your company or from your boss in order to get your HR agenda met. So there's a couple of things that you can do. First and foremost, we have now a HR coaching program that is going to continue to grow. It's open, it's open for enrollment right now. And it primarily features a monthly HR roundtable, where if you join on a monthly program, part of this monthly program, you get access to the membership resource site, which is just chock-a-block full of all kinds of different, different links and videos, um, different types of tools that I've put together. You've got all of that, and the cost for that is less than three cups of coffee a month or excuse me, less than three cups of coffee a week is what you pay for the monthly rate. So it's $9 a month. And it's something that is continuing to grow. I continue to nurture it, finding out all, finding all sorts of good stuff. Now you can ask your questions in the coaching program as well. So you get the coaching program, you get the monthly uh, link up with everybody, and then you have access to the resource site as well. And what we do is we help people figure out their issues you know they bring questions to the table and, and we've done a couple of these already and they're just absolutely fantastic people love these things so I can't wait till we get this new group of people in and we start getting this built and you're welcome to join us because that's really what it's for it's a 90-minute session everybody brings their questions to the table and then what's really cool is that we kind of just do like an open forum session and the conversation that we get is just phenomenal and I wish I I wish like all these other things that we're putting out there I wish I had these and some of these things I've used myself but I've had to figure it out and then the other piece is that um, over in the HR University I've got a free course and that is called selling HR to your boss and improving your yes factor by 10 times so that free course, you can go ahead and take a look at that. That's going to help you understand how bosses think and actually the components and what you need to do to put together a strong business proposition in order to really elevate yourself out of all the other chatter that your bosses are facing with or the CEO of the company or whatever and be able to really, um, really 
demonstrate that you've got the ability to do what it is that you want to do and get the necessary backing as well. Okay, so you guys know that I absolutely love your HR questions, and you can submit them on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu, and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to post your questions, which I may read and answer on an upcoming episode. So recently, I got one that says, what do you do if an employee refuses to sign a disciplinary document? Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. It's not that complicated. It's actually a very easy thing to do. When when people want somebody to sign something or employers want an employee to sign something, they just simply want that tracking and that acknowledgement and that CYA, right, that cover your ass uh, aspect of, of doing what it is that we do. And, and that's great. But from time to time, you're going to get a sour employee who doesn't want to sign anything or they think that they've got some sort of control or power over not signing a document. But the thing is, is that you've had the conversation with the employee and you're asking them to sign the document or you're requiring them to sign the document, but they don't do it. It doesn't mean that the conversation never happened. It doesn't mean that the disciplinary action hasn't been executed. It just simply means that you have an employee that won't sign the formal document that's going to go in the employee's file. So it doesn't erase anything. And, and here's simply what you do. If you have an employee that is saying, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to sign this document. You know what? That's fine. That's not a problem. After the meeting, all you do is just write where the employee would normally sign is just write employee refused to sign. But make sure that you have documented how the conversation went. So that way it is backing up and supporting the prime document and those notes are going to be critical okay this is where a lot of companies and a lot of managers misstep and it not that it hurts the company per se but what it does is it doesn't make your documentation as strong as it could be and that is people don't take the time to go back and document how the conversation went they don't make that quote unquote note to file so to speak where they retain it in some someplace else um, so that way there's an opportunity to say, yes, this is in fact, it's, it's a legal document. This is, this is what I observed. This is what I witnessed. And if you have a witness, make sure that the witness documents the conversation as well. What was said, you know, how did the conversation go? What was confirmed? What was denied? Right? All those things. And if you don't have those things to back up a document that an employee is not willing to sign, well, it's just going to make it harder to argue if you guys are finding yourself in arbitration or in court. So it doesn't mean that you've blown everything up, but it does make it harder to argue. So I mentioned earlier the next gen women in HR community. Now, the, what I just talked about in the question is a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this community because we're having real conversations in real time with real people. And there are new and exciting changes that are going to be coming down over the next several months in the, in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook community. It's an awesome group of women and men. We're growing strong and we're growing pretty fast and I'm just excited about it. I can speak for the group and, and share that we, we'd all love to have you guys join in and really help, look, get in on the conversation, it's great. After all, that's what we really, really, really need right now. We need like real people, real conversations. Oh my gosh, it's time to stop absorbing information and and really just get start talking because oh my with everything that's been going on lately and we said it earlier um in the show yesterday 
with uh, Suzanne and I, it just feels like the world is pushing in on you, right? So that's what we need. So the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group is an awesome place to start, and the, and the member resource program or the member program has expanded. Again, it includes that monthly coaching program that I mentioned earlier and the member resource site where I host all of the new updates I get plus a ton of other helpful information. There's a lot of HR news. It gets, there's literally about oh, what, 35 to 75, sometimes 100 different new articles that are posted every week. Uh, including stuff that's targeted for various states. Um, if I get an, any information about updates that are coming out of states, I make sure that I get it in the resource site. And, um, you know, and then there's also a lot of other helpful information that's going to help uh, everything, help you to grow and get better at what we're doing. So keep listening, sign up for updates and information and that I'll be sending out over the next several weeks. Definitely check your inbox. Now, if you'd like to connect with me, and follow me and see what I'm up to. You guys can find me over on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR, and that's where I give some of the more general updates as to what's going on. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Brenda the HR Lady, and that's where I share more about what I'm actually up to. And if you'd like to connect with me professionally, you can find me on LinkedIn at Brenda Neckvottle, and that's spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. Over on YouTube, I've actually been working on building a, a library of videos, uh, and you're going to find me again using my name, uh, Brenda Neckfottle. And I also co-host another show called The Real HR Show with the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. We had her on last week, and she's it's a lot of fun doing that show with her. We, we host that, that broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then, of course, you can catch it on the replay. And lastly, you can jump on the website at bestpractices.org where you can read up on the newest updates I called out earlier in today's episode, which is something I said new. I decided to go ahead and add and uh, simply visit thebestpractices.org and click on the podcast link and then you can get this week's articles. Also, click connect at the top of the page and get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So folks, thank you again for another awesome episode. Um, I hope you guys got a, a lot out of this. They, they were, they're two great ladies, both Maggie and Lauren. Um, I always enjoy hanging out and talking to them. I know Lauren and I spend a lot of time online together working on projects. And Maggie and I, you know, talk about, you know, what's going on with the awards programs and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So really, really awesome ladies. And I'm just, I'm excited that they were here today. It was, it was great hanging out. It's the first time. First time I had two guests on at the same time in 18 months. So that's pretty awesome. So unfortunate. And uh, yeah, so we're all good to go. So look, guys, have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. And uh, 